0: It's June twenty-eighth, nineteen ninety-seven, and the impression that I get by the mighty mighty boss tones is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock. Show. to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm
1: Trav. I'm Al.
2: Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up! (laughs) I'm Quillen, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994.
1: Today we'll be talking about the Bad Boys of Boston, Mighty Mighty Boston, and their song The Impression That I Get, the first single from their fifth album, Let's Face It.
2: Uh, the impression that I get, spent one week at the top of the Madden Rock chart. Here is a clip.
3: Have you ever had the odds to go so high? You need a strength most don't possess. Or has it ever come down to do or die? You got to rise above the rest.
1: Right, so anyways, just like any other episode uh! <laughs> there's a fourth beetle here that's right he's the, the he's the lone the,
2: Bostonian
1: <laughs> We invited
0: him here just to dance while we talked about our thoughts <laughs> on pod <laughs> he's the Every everybody else has had their wives on, so it was my turn to have my wife on. <laughs> the owner and proprietor of Jack's Record Stash in downtown Flint, Michigan. <laughs> Record store guy Jerry Crago. Hello.
1: Ooh. <laughs> so is the is the Boston thing? Is that really? Is that a reference to Boston? Yeah. Is that really? What that is? Yep. Cool.
4: Yeah. Well,
2: hi, Jerry. Thanks for, for joining us.
5: Hey, thanks for having me here. It's
2: nice to have another, another guest. Yeah. Is Steve Tyler in this band?
0: Yes. <laughs> different boss tone. Great. He also We dances. figured we aren't uh, super sharp on our ska, ska, skin formation. Ska, <laughs> that's, that's different. Um, <laughs> so we had to have a ska expert. Come oh in, we had to call one in, and I figured we should call the person that knows more about Ska than anybody else. A person who has <laughs> the rooms of his house painted checkerboard <laughs> black and white, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> who sleeps in a, a fedora and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Jerry.
5: Oh, god, uh. none of that's true. It's not absolutely true. not, yeah. it's not
0: true, but uh. I've known Jerry forever, uh, 20 years, more than 20 years. And when we met, um, he was full on in ska phase That's and, true. uh, yeah. that was probably like 96 or 97. So, yeah. um, I don't think even though he's not, uh, he doesn't sleep in a fedora and sunglasses. He probably still knows more about ska than anybody else I can think of.
5: Yeah. I probably know a couple of guys, that are still into it quite a bit more than I am, but yeah, I think of our little friend group. I'm the I'm the ska guy,
0: but it also it's a specific strain of ska too.
5: Yes, because yeah. there,
0: you know, it's a big uh, a big family tree that it comes yeah.
5: from, specifically third wave ska. Yeah. Yep. So Jerry, did you ever play ska? Yes, actually. Um, I had a high school. Uh, what, what
1: instrument did you
5: play? I sang in a Ooh, high school. I didn't band. know this. Yeah,
2: I didn't know this about you, Jared. That's great. Real
5: bad. Uh, hornless ska or or hornless with horns? Hornless only. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. Hmm.
2: What was the name of the band?
5: I can't repeat it. Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's fair absolutely
1: can't so when you were playing in the washington football team (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's not good but it's not that bad (laughs) yeah okay yeah all right um yes you know i i i guess i i can say maybe i kind of played in a ska band i think that it was mostly just that it was convenient that Ska was in because, uh, you know, there were always people in, in just, like, school band, mm-hmm. and they weren't, like, you know, they didn't play rock instruments, but they could get in on the Ska thing, and also the the, the Dave Matthews band thing going on at the same time that kind of opened the door. So I'm not sure that I was ever in... This would have been in, in the late 90s when I was actually in... I, was in, I finished middle school in 98. Um, we had a couple bands that had ska songs and played ska elements. But a lot of it was just that when we covered My Own Worst Enemy at the talent show (laughs) that we had a saxophone playing along to the guitar.
2: (laughs) Not even a ska song. Good.
1: No, not even a ska song. It wasn't until then. Yeah,
5: It became a ska song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you guys have any good uh, memories of skanking?
4: Mm. When you yeah. think of, of skanking,
0: yes. um, do you have something that comes to mind? Oh man! I mean,
1: my yeah. I mean, i, re- I remember that there were a couple of good ska bands in Ann Arbor in the early two thousands, and so we would go see By Wednesday or the Ninjas or things like that, and and we yeah we would skank in the audience. That's we, had a, a, we had a great fun. For sure. I went
2: and saw the Supertones and Five Iron Frenzy and the
4: Insiders. Wait. Yeah. wait. I, 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 know. Six, I minutes. Know.
2: Six minutes. Six minutes. <laughs> I,
0: I said trapped under 17. 15. 15. <laughs> Before yeah, we probably
2: get to Five the, Iron from Corolla. Probably not the first or only time I mentioned them, but uh, I went to that show at the Royal no. Oak Music Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Ska Mania
5: tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, I skanked, skanked there, yeah. So I have a few specific memories, uh, seeing falling sickness with against all authority. Uh, at Pharaoh's Golden Cup, uh, summer of '97. seeing mustard plug at the local, with the independence and army of Wan. that would have been November of 96. and I think of a less than Jake show in Flint, mm. and actually at the
0: Metropolis.
5: Yeah, the metro- the one where the floor almost caved. In. Yeah. And then I think of seeing the Boston's on, on on this tour. I saw them. Wow. Oh,
2: on the Let's Face It tour.
5: I saw them May sixteenth of ninety seven. Wow. With the Pie Tasters and Swingin' udders. Yeah. Wow. What kind of venue did they play? Clutch Cargo's, Pontiac. Mm. 1500 okay. cap. No. Huh. Fun. He yeah. faced it. I big time. Yep. He faced <laughs> it. I was 14 and I was there with two adult men uh who for whatever reason were my friends. No. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He has a um categorical knowledge of every show he's ever seen. That's why he knew the date. The I googled that earlier. Head. <laughs> for sure. To find the date. Yeah. <laughs> <That's fine
1: too. laughs> well, uh, Jerry, was this song uh a big deal for you? Not
5: at all. Um, we were going to the DIY punk shows in Flint and a lot of the shows just kind of ended up being ska shows because it was such a trend at the time. Um When this hit, it was kind of weird at high school because all of a sudden uh, kids that kind of didn't know about this stuff um, just started showing up like kind of dressed in punk clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, A friend of Trav and I's, I remember having like an Operation Ivy hat, which was super weird. Um, So it kind of changed my social dynamic at school because I was a weirdo before. And I was still a weirdo afterwards, but people seemed to be more accepting of it. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Was there like Uh, a moment? So like, obviously this is like the breakthrough mainstream moment for Ska, where everybody becomes aware of it for the first and last time. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) prior to that, there had to be something bubbling up, right? Like, I I mean, Green Day was probably like, the, the breakthrough punk thing for the 90s that made a lot of people aware of it. And it, it was probably like sort of tangentially related to that. And I mean, I don't know. What do you think sort of like prior to the boss tones? What would somebody who was you really You guys just into talked ska... about
5: No Doubt. That was yeah. definitely the next step along that path. The album prior to Tragic Kingdom was a straight up ska record. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely think that there were like a decent number of kind of mainstream ska bands, uh, specifically in Michigan, there was a band called the Suicide Machines that I know even like, sort of like normal kids were going to see their shows and these would be 400, 500 cap rooms, Mm -hmm. but that was a, it was a
1: huge deal at the time. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
2: They were yeah. a very popular band in my high school, for sure. Big time. Machines, hmm.
1: yeah. Here in Your Bedroom by Goldfinger was on the charts last yeah. year in 96. Oh, yeah. So yep. that's, I mean, it's what it didn't have a big impact, but yep. it was a bubble. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, are we before, behind, or, or are we contemporary with the swing revival? I think just this before. is
2: just before. Yeah, yeah just I think, before. like, okay. yep. Cherry Poppin' and Daddies and that shit was, like... <laughs> Maybe ninety eight. I'd have to. Yeah. I'd have to look, but uh,
1: that sounds right to me. see when when J- Jump Jive and Whale came out because that was it seemed like peak. When did the movie saturation? Swingers come out? Because
5: that was a big deal. The bad the was band it? Big Dad, uh, bi- sorry Big Bad <laughs> Voodoo Daddy was in that. Big Cherry
1: Pop and Voodoo Daddy. Yes. <laughs> yes.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> was in that movie. And I think that honestly had a lot to do with the swing revival nationally. It was already happening in L.A., and this was like a, you know, this is what's going on here now.
1: I definitely thought you were just making a pun about swingers. No, it actually,
5: (laughs) they go to a swing show at the end. That's the the crux of the movie. The swing movie.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, speaking of that, of course... um, Clueless must have helped the Boston's mm-hmm. get pushed a little bit into the stratosphere. Yep. Um, what year did Clueless come out? Because uh, that, that featured the Boston's play basically like a several song set. They don't They play yeah, someday, I suppose.
2: Songs. And uh, I would where, where did you go?
1: It's ninety-five. Oh, Clueless cool. is from I think 95. 96, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, where did so, you go? So okay.
2: I had definitely seen Clueless before um, this song and I I don't think, uh, it must have been at a time that I wasn't ready for, for Sky yet because I just like didn't remember them being in it until like seeing it again maybe in like high school or something like that after I. Huh. Um,
0: hey, if you remember back three or four seasons, there was a Sky song on Smash by The Offspring.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I vaguely recall that.
1: And I noticed that "Wrong Way" by Sublime I think is on the charts. Yes. Uh, yep. This week. Oh. Yeah. And they were huge.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: Sublime was big.
1: Uh, Trav, what did you uh did you like this song in high school?
0: Um, I liked the idea of the song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I never. I was never like yes. Mm -hmm. this song it was just sort of like yeah this is um different and it's ska which i was you know getting into um probably a little bit beforehand and so it was almost you know i think i was probably trying to act super cool and just being like oh this is like sellout ska you know (laughs) (laughs) i really Um, felt that (laughs) i don't know that i knew what the hell i was talking about but just the fact that it was on the radio was like, oh, well, this must be compromised in some way. You know?
1: <laughs> this band that's been, it's their fifth album. They've been <laughs> together know, for probably years. riding around 15 people in a van for a decade. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I knew. I,
2: I definitely didn't know that they were that established of a band. Like when yeah. this came out, they were, yeah, brand, brand new to me.
1: How did you feel about it?
2: Oh, I fucking loved it. Yeah. I, I loved it. Um, I, I, it is not, um, the first ska that I had heard. Um, my entry point was Christian ska, um, <laughs> like just before this. Um, and then hearing this on the radio and seeing it on MTV. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I got really, really into it. Got really <laughs> into the album.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with Trav. I think I was kind of indifferent. I um, had d- developed an interest in ska and other places, but there wasn't really anything about the song that stood out to me. I-, I think that I found the lyric a little bit awkward, like the the main chorus lyric, that all that stuff about, I'm sure it isn't good, Make wonder if I could. Like, I don't know. I just didn't really get all that and i also honestly don't think this has been such a pattern throughout the podcast i don't think i knew what the idiom knock on wood meant and i didn't as a result i didn't really understand what was going on in the song Mm -hmm. um i gotta say hearing it in the context of the album gave it a boost for me Mm -hmm. um i still don't i don't know it's it's not a song that i'm particularly attached to but uh It's cool, and I am approaching this episode with a surprising amount of affection for this band. Actually,
2: the it's I feel like it's not even close to the best song on the album.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, not not even close. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that eighty. I I, it's hard for me to remember, but I think that eighty nine X ran some kind of like best songs of the year. You know. Thing that they did maybe on New Year's Eve or something like that, but I remember that '89 X and it must have been in '97 that they they listed this as their it was their number one. Oh wow, makes uh, sense. Song, and, yeah. I I don't know if it makes sense, but uh, I don't know. It, it definitely I got I got the sense that some people found this to be like a pretty like epic song, you know, that that chorus was like really emotionally charged for them, um, which wasn't. Wasn't really something that I felt a lot. I mean, it makes sense in
2: that it would be number one on 89X when it's number one, you know, for a time on the Billboard charts. Like, it makes sense. I remember it. True, but I mean, I remember it being played constantly, constantly on 89X, and it was
5: always on MTV. Like, it it was shockingly big for what it was. I do feel like it was like the crest of a wave. For sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a good way to put it.
1: I, uh, what really stood out to me this time was, you know, I started realizing how nice that little saxophone solo is. And then that saxophone solo goes into this quiet thing where the organ kind of starts doing this descending thing. The outro, and it feels like it's a bridge. And then yeah, the song ends. So like it's it's weird when you know when you hear the saxophone solo, you like know that it's about to end. I don't think that I'd ever noticed that before, and it's kind of a cool choice. And it just introduces this vulnerable energy that uh, I think is the best part of the song. Yes,
2: it is definitely the best part of the song, and it is not. I think the only time on the album that there is that vulnerable energy that you describe.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um But yeah, I, I agree. Coolest part of the song. Um also the,
3: the, drums. Bridge, the bridge. The bridge
2: is really big and really short, and that is cool to me. Like the bridge What's is the bridge? wordless diddiddiddoo doodiddiddoo and that's it. That's the of that. I'm, I'm
4: not a coward, I've just never been tested. I
3: like to and
2: yeah. I I love that. Like I I thought that was I always loved that move, just a really really short like break in the song and back into the verse. And I thought uh, the
0: drums when it winds down is uh, uh is awesome.
2: Oh, absolutely. The Playing kick, just snare, on kick. the snare and the kick, yeah. 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 Totally, yeah. The drummer rules like all over the album. Mm. He's amazing. Totally amazing.
0: But we also shouldn't sell the chorus short. The chorus is an amazing chorus. It's got great like phrasing um where in like melodically it doesn't It's not a simple chorus, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it goes different places It's pretty rich
2: It goes hard
1: It goes it's hard surprising, <laughs> It's surprising to hear how kind of like Almost Hardcore Dickie Barrett's Vocals can be I mean there are times when it like Sounds like it could be you could be listening to Fucked Up or yeah, very exactly. Future Islands
0: exactly. I was thinking like it would sound like If Fucked Up covered this song Or like a song from mm. this band it would be like Kind of cool
5: well, I brought up to Trav before we started recording that Dickie came out of the Boston hardcore scene. Okay. Uh, he was in a that band called sense. Impact Unit before the Boston's. And he ran around with like the band SSD and DYS and all the early eighties Boston hardcore bands before the Boston started. So that totally makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Skycore, right? Yeah. That was like their Mm-hmm. Their kind of term, right? Were they yeah. the originators of that term,
0: Jerry? Do you think so far or... as I know? Okay, yeah. yeah.
5: Scott yeah. Core, the devil and more. Yeah. Right,
0: yeah, yeah. Yep. Cool. That was a Boston's album. Mm-hmm. I just remember the title. Yeah, it's great. Yeah.
5: Cool.
2: Question the Answers. Another Boston's album.
5: Wow. It's true. <laughs> Question the answers With about a title COVID. that I think is funny.
2: <laughs> Question the answers about COVID. That's what we need more of from, from Dickie Barrett, apparently.
5: Yeah, much more. Also,
0: the 2021 title, When God Was Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which might speak to one of us more than the others. <laughs> when the OC Super Tunes
5: were great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Turns out they were never great, but...
5: Mm. Yeah. Could have fooled
0: me.
1: Um, I think we've probably covered memories. Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, too. I mean, I uh, yeah. I don't think. I mean, what else is there to even really talk about the song?
1: Um, anything to say about the lyrics?
0: Mm. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. I,
0: it's it's I, like, mean, I mean, it's it's he fills the melody well, and it's yeah. so, I mean, it makes sense. It's not dumb, but. It's just super vague and broad, which Very is broad. like like something that would make for a good pop song, right? Like appealing mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. many and uh, something that could inspire people and people could really like connect to because mm-hmm. they can make it whatever they want it to be.
5: The one little note I took when I was listening to this earlier is just that it makes sense to me that this was the song.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. I don't know that like, there's a bit. Ba- I mean, there's it's not, not a my more favorite song in the album, song.
5: but. On the album, but... Um,
2: I, that's interesting. I yeah. feel like they're... Like, I think the first song could have been a... Noise uh, Brigade. Y- yeah. yeah. It's great. Could have been a breakout single. Well, right. may- maybe it's just more obviously uh, upbeat and poppy. I don't know. I, I Yeah, I don't know. I think the song is a little bit more interesting, and I think that we all more or less agree, maybe just to differing levels. But I think that it is a more interesting song than, uh, just a ska song, and then like a lot
4: of what was big at this time. Definitely.
2: Dynamically, structurally, even lyrically. Even though yes, it is vague, um, yeah. and and general. But like, I think it's at the very least sounds smarter than, you know. Some songs that were popular at this time.
1: All right, so what did we want to do here? We, uh, uh, Jerry's going to teach us?
0: Man, let's just talk some Scott. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah if you want to right. give an overview, I think that's a good, good place to start, and we can just kind of converse about it probably, right?
5: I think that sounds great. Do you want me to give the overview? Tell us all your thoughts on Scott. Scott. <laughs> I'll tell you all my thoughts on Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. um we've got some notes here so i'll just go over the the basic history of things uh ska originated in jamaica in the late 50s uh precursor to reggae there is a second wave of ska uh specifically bands like the specials the selector um going on in the uk in the late 70s a lot of times, that's related to the uh, two-tone label and sort of the classic images that we see of like the guy in the black and white suit and the checkerboard pattern mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Was that A lot based of that has of to do with two-tone. Yeah. Say was
0: that? was the two-tone label based out of Jamaica? UK. Oh
5: yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, third wave, which is kind of what we're talking about here, are all the more like. Scott punk bands, um, maybe more upbeat, um, but also maybe a little bit harder edged. Mm -hmm. Um, We certainly didn't really live through the other waves, or at least as far as like being conscious of that. Mm -hmm. But I think, at least speaking for myself, a lot of those second wave bands now I just think are incredible. You know, the specials and selector and all those.
1: Um, yeah, I've never listened to Selector, so I'll have to put that on my list. But yeah, I I found that like five or s- you know I'd heard the specials in high school, yeah. I think plenty. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It was like five or six years ago that I I saw um, a promotional video for Gangsters mm-hmm. and was like, oh shit, so good, and uh, <laughs> um, immediately like went through a specials phase. Ah! Couple of songs from that that I, I still just listen to really frequently. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, the specials are so cool. And I've got to say, a lot of it has to do with when you look at them and watch them perform. There's something that can feel sort of utopian about ska when it's actually like black people and white people playing music together, yeah. you know, which I think that no doubt kind of, you know, they chased and in their earlier days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their earlier lead singer, he was black, but it does feel like meaningful to see that in the specials and to like, uh, I don't know, visually there was something that is just like so one of a kind about that band. And yeah. I think a lot of it is like, yeah, there's just something um that really feels like it's knocking down cultural walls that is very cool about the specials yeah and i mean
5: they were talking about it regularly and it's kind of funny in england there was sort of a skinhead movement um among the working class where there was this whole group of sort of racist skinheads and then there were the the ska folks which were the exact opposite but also skinheads um (laughs) and is that like uh, Oi-related yeah. stuff? Yeah, Oi, but also Specials and Selector. Yeah. The, those guys were skinheads.
0: Huh. Yeah, I've always been f- confused about that. Like.
5: So <laughs> that designation in the UK, skinhead, just meant you were from the working class. That's all it meant. The hmm. sort of racial overtones that were attached later are all anyone thinks of now. And if you say mm-hmm. skinhead, you're like, oh, a Nazi. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in reality, there were, you know, it, so many people that it, w- it was the exact opposite.
0: Uh, Madness was pretty big, right? Yeah. I mean, they huge. had a couple of uh, like, one step beyond
5: yeah. was. Yep.
0: A cool little kind of novelty single, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: It Was in movies. You know? yeah.
0: yeah. It's weird that like. It's weird to say that, like, any sort of mainstream ska moment feels like a novelty.
5: Yeah. It does. I mean,
0: yeah. It, it, yeah, because it's so different from, from, like, the mainstream pop songs that you'd hear. Mm-hmm. But it still fits. I mean, it still has verses and choruses and, you know. Um, I don't know. I guess I hadn't really thought about that before I said it. Um, so I don't have much more to add to it, but there is something that's, (laughs) I mean, there's like, yeah, I need to reflect on that. And, uh, if it devalues it at all, um, because it feels kind of like kitschy in some way that like to, to have it be, I, I don't know. I don't know. Let me think about it.
5: I really think that's just our perception of it. It is so different than just like the rock and roll that sort of dominates everything else we listen to. Um that yeah. I think it sometimes end up coming off as a novelty. But I you know, I don't think it inherently is a novelty. Yeah. Um
0: The third wave stuff. Um how big of an impact did Operation Ivy have in sort of like generating mainstream punk i mean on green day a hundred percent right like that was like a hundred percent of the yeah, impact yeah
5: they're uh <laughs> generally regarded as starting the third wave of ska mm. although there and were those, other bands playing it for, yeah. for
2: listeners who may not know operation ivy members of this band went on to form rancid, rancid. correct yep. yeah Yep.
5: common rider later on mm-hmm. um yeah, but they were a very important Bay Area band and uh, only lasted a couple of years from 87 to 89, um, <laughs> but were massively influential. Yeah, big time.
0: Yeah, and I guess, you know, it sort of alluded to this earlier, but, like, this is, like, kind of one strain of ska, mm-hmm. and there's an entirely different sort of wing that is more reggae-based um, that has totally missed me, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that. Um, me too. There's, like, there's, yeah, reggae, I guess there's, compli- I have complicated feelings about reggae. Because a lot of there are some amazing like soul based like reggae records that I don't know much about but hear and go, whoa, this is fantastic and I should probably spend more time listening to it. Um, but, but I mean, you know, I don't know. It, it just, I mean, 311, right? <laughs> like it became <laughs> so 311, yeah. and uh, I mean. It, it, there's something that all the things that led up to 311 playing reggae-based yeah. stuff um, is, is it, there had to be some missteps along the way, and you know, you, there's always like the, uh, um, I guess the, the stereotype of like the white guy with dreads playing reggae songs that's kind of embarrassing and um,
5: Ross Trent, right? Ross- <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Which episode did you do the Ross Trent thing on? I forgot.
0: <laughs> oh man, I watch that video just to feel happy sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah! Me too. Yeah, it really cheers me
0: funny. up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: it's gonna drive me crazy trying to think what uh, which song you did that with. But that was oh, well. a while ago. <laughs> <It was.
0: laughs> I think
5: um, that Trav and I might be kind of understating. How into like this third wave of ska stuff we were. Um, the band Slapstick, Suicide Machines, um, Lesson Jade, that was huge. I mean, absolutely dominated what we were listening to in high school for a couple of years, yeah. And Operation Ivy,
0: god, we just just bought like the losing streak repress, yeah,
5: Yeah. because it's and that album's still incredible to me, (laughs) yeah, completely holds up, yeah.
0: And that was such a delight to find that out. I probably like went back to it maybe two. It was during the pandemic, yeah. And I think I texted you and I was like, "Yeah, dude, losing streak is awesome." And I'd
5: been listening to it a bunch too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's a good cheer me up album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, um,
0: and so that's. I mean, yeah. There's there's plenty of um, ska punk albums like that that still kind of mm-hmm. uh, hold up in that way for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Same here. What about uh, Real Big Fish? Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. were
5: fans. Good yeah. point. I saw them maybe four or five years ago with Masked Intruder at the machine oh. shop in Flint. Oh, oh my God. Really? <laughs> Had a great time. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. There was a fight during the show,
1: which <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> How do you get into a fight at Real Big Fish? <laughs> But it was good. That was the only one that I really dived into, Mm -hmm. uh, other than if you want to say no doubt. And I guess Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, Real Big Fish was the only one that I gave a real serious chance to. And it was very, it was was an infatuation, but it was a pretty short infatuation. I mean, I would be surprised if I was really consistently listening to them for more than a year. Man, was uh, that, I even uh, like that. Turn the radio
0: uh, off era, or why did they rock?
1: So turn hard? the radio off, and why do they rock so hard? And I, I, I think it must have been right when "Why Do They Rock So Hard" came out that I was listening to this stuff.
2: Yeah. I even liked that Safe Ferris album. Um, you did, I did. Yeah, it was not very punk. It was more. Um, I mean, it was still upbeat, but, like, it was more softer on the edges, but... Um, sure. Is it good? The singer had an awesome voice, and uh-huh. the horns were great, and the songs were catchy. I mean, I, you know, uh, it's been a minute since I've revisited it. Probably did, Uh, well, no, I was on a little bit of a Scott kick around this time last year. Um and I probably listened to some of the songs then, um, and I think that uh one of them uh, work I made a Scott playlist and I think I put one of the songs on it,
0: so at least one of the songs was good enough for that. Huh, that's really interesting to hear.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I liked some of that Goldfinger stuff quite a bit. Uh, I really liked "Here in Your Bedroom." Yeah, that sounds but, great. Uh, yeah, it's very very cool. But yeah, at the time I w you know, some of the stuff that was on hang ups in nineteen ninety eight, uh, I liked a fair amount. Superman was yeah. probably the, the most ska mm-hmm. kind of one. But um uh we've I think we've talked about this lonely place before. It's a very Sgt. Pepper sounding song. I'm sure that Travis would hate it. It's got, oh, you know, brother. MIDI it's got MIDI <laughs> sitar on it and all that kind of stuff. But I mean uh it's pretty great. Um, the other thing that, you know, I, I don't know if you would count any of this stuff as hornless ska, but did either of you listen to The Living End? No. When they appeared in the late 90s? Never heard They of were it. this, uh, oh, uh, you would remember Prisoner of, so- Prisoner of Society. Really? Well, we don't need no one to tell us what to do. I guess we're on our own and there's nothing you can do. Huh. We don't need no one like you to tell us what to do. You don't, you don't remember that song? Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe that's okay. Does kind of well, we'll have out, to talk but... about it a little bit later on the on the on the pod. But I think probably that had more of a rockabilly uh, influence, oh. and that maybe there was just a teeny little bit of overlap at times with maybe some syncopated guitar. Hmm. Jerry, we were just talking about the Living End. Do you remember the Living End? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
5: And I think you're right. Probably a little bit more of a rockabilly thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, some overlap. <laughs>
1: Um this song also peaked at number 19 on the pop chart. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know, should we uh head into the album?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can
2: we can move on to greener pastures.
1: All right, let's do it. I guess first of all, we should talk about the music video. Anything that oh, you yeah. all uh want to say about the music video in particular?
2: Um
5: Nothing really. It's pretty plain. Oh right? yeah, it's they're just like a a playing in, f- in front and... of a
2: white backdrop. Yeah. Yeah. What what I love about the video though is that the that vulnerable ending, the like slow kind of fade out, and Dickie breaks away from singing and like goes and hugs all of his bandmates.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It's beautiful. I like almost mm-hmm. cried watching that the other day. <laughs> it was amazing. Like it just made me feel so
1: Jesus. Get it together.
2: Uh, so warm. It was it was so nice. <laughs>
1: I love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's it, nice. it didn't occur to me. Yeah. It's mostly just uh, however many of them kind of having a good time against a white backdrop,
2: including the, the Bostonian, the, the dancer, just doing it.
1: <laughs>
5: I'm curious how much of that was like the budget and how much of it was like we need to shoot a music video right now. Yeah. Because we have two weeks. Well, this is still gonna be popular. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) need to get a shot shot on MTV.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen the "Where Did You Go" video, and it's pretty low budget. But you'd think by this point, and I mean, it seems like they had some promotion going into the album too. Like, it's funny how they just kind of like knew, like how labels know when they're gonna put some effort into promoting, you know, an album. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. and uh based on who knows what and then they just like insist on making it successful and it is probably because of the money and you know time they put into it resources um but this seemed to benefit from that and uh not that it was undeserving but um
5: you're right yeah yeah i think you know some a and r guy gets a wild hair up his butt Mm -hmm. and he's like okay it's ska
1: this week Yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. And he convinces enough people that that's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, what did you all think of the album?
0: God, it was good. Dude, I love it. It, It's it's a very good. good album. This album is
2: fantastic. It's so good. So good. Yeah, not a not a bad song for me. Like no, and it's no.
1: uh, is it even le- maybe even less than half an hour? Dude, it's thir- it's like right at a half short. hour. It's thirty three yeah.
2: minutes, twelve songs. Oh, yeah, minutes. Baby. It's like the, it's the so as a result, life.
1: I mean, I ended up listening to it probably five or six times this week. Me too. Which I don't usually do when I'm just looking into a uh, an uh, an album for the podcast. Yeah, I I mean I I found myself falling for almost every song.
2: There's at least one awesome part in every single song like yeah. yeah it's just oh man it's really good
5: it's it's an easy hang yes yeah <laughs> it's yes. an easy
1: hang i mean there are nice melodies the songs are nice and short um, production's
5: great
2: sound it sounds uh, great
1: production's great and, and Dickie's just got a uh he's very thoughtful you know <laughs> he's he's not a clown like so many of those third wave ska you know, front people were. He's, he's he's pretty thoughtful. And I, I think you know the place where intentionally they're being uh, sort of the most somber. Uh, I, you know, I think that it totally works. Um, the song, uh, another. Is it another drinking song? Is that the one where he's talking about diving into the dive he's dove yep. into before? Yes. Yeah, that one. Uh, that one really is nice. And you know, it starts out minor. And I feel like the lyrics are thoughtful and then man when that chorus changes into a, a major chord it's uh,
0: perfect it's so yeah. really good so, so awesome good. it is such yeah there's like a, a great a melancholy element to that that is uh, really
3: nice but a that i felt out a million times or more the words i am gonna scream and get in drunk the simple thing can sound and with the me call
2: and there's a couple of other songs that are like minor key in places too it's it's a, like they're serious um but i don't think they take themselves too seriously like it's it's not insufferable you know it's yeah it's a really good balance um and i think that that is a big reason why this album holds up for me more than most um from the era like and and this genre like it's It's
5: sequenced really well yes yeah Mm -hmm. so you've got the singles like right up front and another drinking song is, like, right in the middle of the album. Mm-hmm. Just, like, a perfect time. Yeah, like a it palette kind of back kind of. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, did you guys know that the it in Let's Face It was racism?
1: I've, I figured that out just this week.
0: That was cool. It, it was awesome to see them kind of, like, tapping into the legacy of, like, uh, I guess the social justice elements of, like, second wave mm-hmm. ska and yeah. um and really kind of uh incorporating that into such an enormous album, I mean the, like think of how many people heard that that's great, yeah. yeah,
2: lots of uh songs about uh hard drugs too, I feel like, or a few at least hmm. and and mental health too i I feel like uh, man, uh what is the song um something about that- is it that bug bit me I think yeah. is maybe yeah. what it's that's called yeah yep. Uh, like is that maybe about depression? Like it seems like to me, either depression or or addiction. Um,
0: Did you like that song title?
2: I love that song title and <laughs> that song slaps. It's an awesome punk song. Um, that song bites. Well, it, no, it it <laughs> that
0: bug bites.
2: It, yes, that bug does bite, but the song does rule. It's is is a good song, one of one of many many awesome songs on this album.
0: Aaron, what's your favorite song in the album?
2: Oh, it's the Rascal King, baby. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what he you by a lack Through inspiration from the need So many Problems to crack And miles to fade Crooked was the math. And brazen was the
2: This, it's good. To this day. Uh yeah, to this day.
0: Um, 100%. Really? I That's your favorite two jer?
2: You yep. two jer? Oh, yep. beautiful.
0: Yeah, favorite the couple of rascal kings.
2: If if that was a number one that we would cover, that would have been that would get a perfect rating for me. It's a perfect song. Mm. Love it. Um Noise Brigade's up there for me. Mm. Noise Brigade okay. is awesome. Uh yeah. Um
1: Elle, you I, got a yeah, fifth?
2: Another drinking song is up there too. That might be my number two. Yeah, oh, uh,
1: I mean, uh, b- between another drinking song, uh, excuse me, um, Rascal King. I mean, I, I liked Royal Oil a lot. This I loved Royal off, Oil. Royal Oil is yeah. awesome.
2: You do? I and, uh, I love and let's it. face it, that's it's
1: really the only good. song I didn't like on the record. Really?
5: Royal, Royal it's reminds it's me of it. Oye Oye Como Va. what oh man
2: (laughs) so really quick about royal oil i always thought royal Oye. everybody hated it i i've always loved that song and uh it's beautiful it's a beautiful song it's great i i do want (laughs) to say uh the lyrics um there's a line that uh well the chorus royal oil come on bubble and boil uh and then it like the line is stabs like a dagger or something like that stabs like dagger I always mm-hmm. thought it said slap a dagger. <laughs> a,
1: I heard course. something about Sassafrasa.
2: Sassafras. <laughs> I was I like until like reading the lyrics like three or four days ago, I, I thought it was slap a dagger. And I, I never really <laughs> knew what that meant. But yeah, that that song's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Can I
0: add that my, yeah. my favorite song was Break So Easily? Awesome song. That was a real real uh, six, hard eight. jam. Ska and 6-8. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. And almost like that tumbling sort of low tom, like that song is awesome.
4: Yeah,
2: that's And song, not,
0: not very great. ska.
2: There's no, horns not really. in it
0: that probably like if you removed the horns, it would just be a, like a badass kind of like hardcore rock song.
4: hmm
2: I don't think there are um, any upstrokes or anything on that song. I, right,
0: I do think that there were moments where it was like, they just incorporated horns and like high guitar parts for the sake of like reminding everybody that they're a ska band, and it didn't necessarily serve the songs. It didn't hurt them, but like if you if you pull them out, it would have been, the songs probably would have been a little bit better.
5: See, that was a whole subgenre of ska. Uh, it was just like punk bands with horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that were barely playing ska, mm-hmm. and they d- they mm-hmm. would drift into that occasionally. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the album was produced was co-produced by Sean Slade and longtime Boston's producer Paul Q. Coldery. Um, the duo had also co-produced Radiohead's "Pablo Honey," and Holes "Live Through This." Any uh, relationship with either producer? from either or all three of you.
0: God, yeah, they did a ton of great albums. I mean, I can pull them up on. So, uh, like Paul Q Kolderie's uh Wikipedia page lists um <sighs> Lovey by the Lemonheads, uh Uncle Both Uncle Tupelo albums, uh Let Me Come Over by Buffalo Tom. Oh yeah. Um, all of the Boston stuff, Pablo Honey, uh Belly uh, Live through this by whole uh, thirteen lucky, l- unlucky numbers by Wax. I mean, it, like they did a ton of good stuff. Piebald. They did. Uh, We're the yeah. only friends that we have. That's yeah. awesome.
2: He also did a Speedy Ortiz uh, EP later on. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um. He yeah. He he's like up there with um. I feel like some of the other like highly regarded '90s like um borderline indie rock and like major label like alternative rock um like uh, well albini and like um john agnalo is that his name um oh yeah and um Wood. yes um like yeah i think i think paul q coldery is like in that kind of space lots of important albums for sure
1: um he engineered the Pixies first two records. Wow. Yeah.
0: wow. He did a cave in album. Which was oh, really? I mean, mixed uh Lost in the Air. Huh.
5: Oh. This That's is I one.
0: mean, this is just wild. Yeah. Like he got into like some kind of like deeper indie rock stuff, too. Yeah, yeah I just I I kind of always highly regarded them. And I'm trying to find, I know I had heard. Somebody had kind of a bad experience with, um, and maybe they were like, you know, hoping to work with somebody who had done like some amazing albums and then they got, you know, access to them and they kind of didn't care about their album and I can't remember specifically what it is. So it's probably not even worth mentioning, but there it is.
1: Well, I think we've already shared our thoughts on the two other singles from this album. Rascal King hit modern rock number seven. Very, very good uh royal oil hit number 22 on the modern rock chart that was interesting and to me because
2: i did not remember that even being on the radio like i didn't remember that being a single
1: yeah i yeah I, happy, I doubt that it stayed on happy it for, for long. it but i i just mm-hmm. didn't
2: you know i i always liked that song i just didn't remember it being um yeah prominent
1: thoughts on the rest of the Boston's career
5: i'm a oh, fan who knows you are, up to this point. Oh, so the albums that came before this, I think, are from very solid to like great, mm-hmm. and then sort of after this point, trail off pretty hard.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I've never listened to anything after this. Um, I think is I think Question the Answers is the album before it, mm-hmm. and um, that one's. It, it, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That that's got some jams. Um, someday I suppose. And where did you go? Are both awesome. Oh yeah, awesome. I love awesome where songs. did you go. Yeah. Maybe th- and those two songs might be like their best. I mean, I might like them more than anything on this album. But, um, yeah, yeah. I I I I'm interested in
5: um working backwards and and listening to some of the older stuff for sure.
2: Yeah,
1: I'd be curious to listen back too.
5: I listened to their most recent album just because I wanted to stock it at the store and I didn't hate it. I mm-hmm. thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, you know, I certainly couldn't fall in love with anything.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, do we talk about how they just broke up after yeah. all these years?
5: An insanely, probably
0: over the vaccine.
5: Yeah. <laughs> but it weird. seems like what a weird <laughs> legacy. Yeah. That is what it seems like. I think so. Yeah. It looks like Dickie is kind of a COVID denier, anti kind of a free
0: thinker, quote unquote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see. Weird.
5: And like, they were the house band on Kemmel, right? At the end. Yeah, yeah. And like, lost that too over it. Wow. And like, you know, Dickie was good friends with Kimmel. Because uh, he
2: was the announce, he was like the announcer for Kim. Yeah, oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Looks like it got oh, real nasty. I had no
0: idea. Yeah. Huh. Fired for being a scoundrel.
5: Yeah. A rascal. <laughs> <king>. A rascal. <laughs> <laughs> a real rascal king. A, k-
2: a king of the rascals. He revealed. Mm-hmm. It's hard for
1: me to he- to hear that about rascals without imagining also the Tim and Eric skit about the rascals. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim killed my rascal, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the charts. we're back <laughs> uh mainstream rock number one if you could only see by tonic
0: pretty
2: sure god i awful. mentioned that i don't hate this song
0: <laughs> an,
1: uh, an abomination
0: an affront to god um what of the worst songs man in my life
2: i think it's better than so many songs that we will be covering in, in oh. the near future oh
1: i would say just worse brutal. worse th- Worse than being an abomination or a front to God, I just can't think of anything more boring than this song. Sure, it's boring, yeah. I had They're the trying album. to have it both ways. Tonica's always trying to have it both ways. They want to have this be a ballad, and they want to have it be a rocker. And it just can't be both. This is what they, you know, that You Wanted More song that's going to come from their next record. It's going to be the exact same thing. They're going to have some kind of heavy Zeppelin riff, and then it's just going to go into a a, a ballad. and the their attempts to have it both ways i think is is pathetic <laughs> wow i really I, I can't stand i can't stand how this song wants to be both heavy and uh and light it's it's so stupid
5: uh kind of an interesting side note um we kind of mentioned the swing revival thing and uh, the squirrel nut zippers are actually on this chart um yeah
2: on the modern Rock chart yeah, yeah
5: yeah two sublime songs well, is, is
2: it is it still hell
5: yeah
0: god yep. hell yeah. is awesome we talked about that right yeah has that yep. been covered yep. in previous things yeah we yeah talked i think about we have it.
1: yeah hell is great L- let's just say oh go ahead hell rocks <laughs> <laughs> uh and then let's and just go ahead concept. and 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 Get the pop number one out of the way yeah. so that we can t- fully dive into the chart. I'll be missing you by Puff Daddy.
5: Yeah, so good. <laughs> I, think, I think we've
0: covered that too, haven't we? Have we? I
2: think it may have been. It, it, it's on for a, a while. I, I think a we may Puff Daddy have song. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, this is I it was know. an enormous song. I, mean, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was a number one for a very long time.
1: Puff Daddy's not a very good rapper.
0: Yeah.
1: And this is, it's hard to think of a song that's more dependent on its sample yeah. than this song. I and mean, isn't mm-hmm. the appeal really just the concept of having somebody rock, rap over, I'll be missing, <laughs> I'll be missing you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> having somebody rap over every breath you take. I mean, it's not in the execution. It, you're right. I don't know. It's
0: it—it It is like, um, that palm muted guitar part is like especially percussive in the mix, and like the drums are really tight around it, so it really mm-hmm. it really hits well. Um, with how this this song is mixed, so I I can understand the appeal. Like you can hear it like immediately and just be like, oh, this is pretty pleasing.
4: Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Seems fine. It's not my favorite.
2: Uh. Well, maybe it's my favorite Puff Daddy song. It's not my favorite song from this era that Puff Daddy is on.
5: Didn't he have something on the Godzilla soundtrack? Oh, come with me again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Come with me. Everything on the Godzilla soundtrack is good. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's just science.
0: Come with me, Godzilla Remix. I'll be missing you, Godzilla Remix.
5: Yeah. I'll be missing you, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: My memory is that the best song on No Way Out is uh, Victory, track two. has a very ferocious Buster Rhymes cameo. Mm. Guest spot, I guess I should say. It's more than a cameo.
0: If you could Sing only better. see Godzilla Remix.
1: There we go. <laughs> That's what I want. Tonic Tonic would be right at home on that soundtrack, but <laughs> whatever. It's a Beethoven! Uh, Is all right, <laughs> on the uh, on the modern rock chart, uh, yeah, we got um, we got Hell, we've got uh, Wrong Way, right by Sublime and Santeria. Oh yeah, Both. oh back to and back. and Santeria. back to back on the chart. Yeah, so yeah, big uh, big Scott influence. Uh, how do you all feel about Case Choice, Not an Addict? That was a big song.
2: Have we not talked about that song already?
0: We, th- we talked about it in a
1: different... In a different uh, context? Okay. Well, yes, yeah, thank you.
2: It, it's pretty good, right? Yeah,
1: yeah listening this time around, I, I, was, I noticed things about the vocal performance that I hadn't noticed when I was a teenager that uh, sounded really good. So there's some cool little nuances in the vocal performance that I was into. It's very dramatic. Yeah, it is.
0: That's for sure. Um, I see a song from Disciplined Breakdown by Collective Soul that I don't recognize. Oh, yeah? What is what is it? It's called Listen. Oh, h- yeah. had you
2: not listened to it? Did you not listen to it, Trev?
0: No, I, don't, I never listen to the songs oh. on the charts in advance because I assume I know them, but I'm getting uh, to a period where I, that's not the case. Mm.
2: See, I, I listen to the ones that I'm uncertain of. And... Uh, it's listen is awesome.
1: Yeah, listen's pretty good. It's good. I believe it's, it. You don't have to twist my arm. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. It's got a I'm good a collective uh, soul boy.
2: It's got a really good guitar part during the verses. It's really good. And
1: it's got a really good guitar solo too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a
2: good. <clears throat> it's like to me, it's like a mix of well, no, it's like. It's got a groove similar to December maybe I feel like just like a really oh simple drum Ugh. beat. It's
1: a, it's a little faster.
0: I want to excuse myself and go listen to this song. Yeah.
1: It's pretty good. It's the one that the, the guitar goes ding Yeah, it
2: sounds like the It sounds oh, like the back. sitar sample <laughs> from uh <laughs> Loser. It sounds like the sitar sample from Loser. Oh yeah, oh. I could see that. The guitar ah, part. Yeah.
0: So good. Well. Yeah, it's good, nice. Trev. It's good.: Yeah, I believe it.:
1: uh, Have we talked six Underground yet? I think so. That's you a do. Good song. That's a good song.: Yeah, it's a really' it good is a good song.:
0: Um, I got a deep cut on here that um, we've never talked about and is on um, one of my alternative playlists, and it is called "Drawer" by Summer Camp."
4: Yeah,
2: I was completely unfamiliar. And yeah, that was great. I awesome. listened to it. The song yeah. slaps. It's really yeah, cool. it is super heavy. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. There's it's that descending sort of thing happening, um, from chord to chord, and it is it's a great, great song.
2: Yeah, it's a good loud, like power, like punky, like power pop song. Almost. Yeah, like
0: slow headbanger, uh, yeah. alternative poppy, catchy, uh, the summer jam. <laughs>
1: To bet that what, whatever's going on there, if the first chord is like an A minor, then I think that it, what it's doing is going to like a, a G major seven after that, which is a kind of a weird change. There's, uh, there's certain notes that are staying the same, but mm-hmm. there's this half note descending thing. Um, it had like a Harvey yeah, Danger
2: cool. kind of sound to it to me or mm. something something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: neat. I'm
5: actually just listen to. F- f- Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm actually just noticing that Sellout by Real Big Fish is actually on the is chart, too. On this chart, yeah. Oh, it is. We've oh, got wow, four yeah. four ska songs. That's insane. That's a yeah. lot of ska. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. What? That was all I had.
2: Al, <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say?
1: Oh, I listened to Four Leaf Clover by Abra Moore. Mm-hmm and never say never by that dog which i hadn't i don't think that i'd listen to that that that, that dog song so
2: that dog song is incredible it's absolutely yeah. absolutely incredible
5: fantastic
1: uh, yeah yeah it seems it seems very it's cool, like a precursor you
2: know? to the Get Up kids and the anniversary like the mm-hmm. like uh synthesizer you know the moog synthesizer playing melodies mm. and pop punk music like yeah well the, re- really the rentals good.
5: too Yes, like oh, yeah, the Hayden, right. The Hayden, sisters, the Hayden right? sisters, right? Yeah, yeah
2: totally.
1: Yeah. yeah, I definitely heard that relationship.
2: Yeah, um, L, what did you think of the Abra Moore song? I think I mentioned it last episode.
1: Yeah, it was you know it was, it was good, dependable, uh, uh mid '90s alternative yeah. rock. It sounded sounded good. Yeah.
2: I so the Smashing Pumpkins are at number four with "The End Is the Beginning Is the End." Mm-hmm. I I guess I had never heard that song before. It did not sound it's familiar good. to me at all. I, I didn't care for it, but You've heard it,
0: the beginning is the end is the beginning. I Because uh, I that's mean, a thing.
2: So yes, I know. And and okay. and that sounded more familiar to me. But yeah. they both like online on YouTube, like there were both like there were clips of both as if they were in the Batman and Robin movie. But only the end is the beginning is the end is in the Batman and Robin movie. Correct. <laughs> or are they both? I don't know what or... is happening. <laughs> okay. Wait. So
0: that's what, is cause like that's what it's from. Slow, like a yeah. very slow jam. I, is that this?
2: That's the other one. I think that's okay. the, that's the
1: other yeah. one.
0: I think. Okay. Yeah. So I think this one is in the Batman one. Yeah. The other it, one Does
1: it make you happy or so strange? Yeah. The yeah. other one was used
0: in a a Watchmen trailer. The Zack Snyder Watchmen oh, uh, trailer. Gross. Yes, it's okay. pretty badass. And
2: that is probably what I why it sounded familiar to me. Yeah. Cuz I was a big fan of that film actually.
4: Yeah Me enough. too. <laughs> I was um, too. <laughs> Zero
2: cool. stars. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well that song, you know, whatever. Uh Monkey Wrench is like one of the good Foo Fighters songs. Oh, yeah, that's that. on on here. I think
1: we've said that about every Foo Fighters single that has charted You so guys far. Have up to said this
0: that.
5: point. <laughs> you guys, guys have get said very that. very you bad. I haven't said
0: anything. You you take that back. <laughs> I've
1: not uh, said that.
2: I'm surprised neither of you have mentioned tripping billies.
0: Oh yeah, that's good. By DMV,
1: you know, dude, Dave, I liked that album, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how that song goes. Dude, that
2: song, I always thought that was the opener to the album. I, I always did too. No. thought, no, yeah, I know it's not. I always thought it was. It sounds like the opener
1: to an album. I can't tell you how uh, anything that happens in Shipping Billy so then it goes do, 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 do. Yeah. Oh
2: Yeah, there's right. the grandiose opening oh, yeah. and then it just kind of rides a sick groove. It's actually really good. I was very <laughs>
5: surprised. No, I it was doesn't. like <laughs> very rides very a sick groove. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I'm it's having great. trouble
1: Imagining when I when I think what happens after that, da, 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 I just imagine it going into too much. Yeah, it, I can't. It uh, doesn't. I can't imagine at this song at all. So
2: so L, before I listen to is it, is this
1: the one that goes eat uh, eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die?
2: I don't fucking know, but what I
1: eat drink and be <laughs> merry.
2: What I do know is that I thought it was like I thought the same. Even a biblical <laughs> reference. I thought the same thing as you. I thought that this was. What did you say? Uh, so so much, much to Say, say. Yeah. is the first track on the record. That's what I thought this was. And I always thought that this intro was part of that song. And so when wow. I heard it in Tripping Billies, I was like, oh, I thought this was supposed to be so much to say. And
4: uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess there are three singles from that record that are kind of the exact same tempo and yeah, feel very similar.
2: Um. Otherwise, there's an echo in the Bunnyman song on this. Uh, yeah, that is uh, crazy. Too. It's, it's
0: 1997. Yeah,
2: I I remember that was when I heard of them. I remember there really? being a single on 89X, and I didn't. You know, I I didn't remember anything about the song. It it just sounds like Echo in the Bunnyman. It sounds like just cool. like a classic 80s Echo in the Bunnyman song, but with 90s production. It's not bad.
0: Very cool. Cool
2: yeah that was it. I feel like there was there was quite a bit on this chart though
1: all right well, let's rate what's the song called? let's <laughs> <laughs> the impression let's that rate I get? sky uh, let's rate the impression that I get um i'll I
0: can start. I think um, the song is good. the album's better. I give it four bugs that bit me
2: yeah. <laughs> Cool. I I uh I am in agreement that the album is better. Um, this song is this song was massively important to me though. Um, I had quite a bond over this song and this album uh, with a friend of mine in middle school and high school, and it's lots of good memories. Um, so I I have to give it four point two five. Uh, Rascal Kings. But not the ones behind the bars, the ones in front of them.
1: <laughs> Jerry, why don't you go ahead? Um, I think I'm going to be
5: right there with you guys. Uh, I think the album's really, really good. Um, I'm going to give the song four units of measurement. <laughs>
1: All right, well, I guess I'm going to be the downer here. I am just going to go with 3.5. I'll do 3.5 um my wife that's th- 3.5 impressions. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Nice. <laughs>
4: uh cool.
1: Um uh, what a fucking Nirvana wannabe are the mighty Wanda Yeah. Prostads.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: All right, we'll just skip all that. Tell me all your thoughts on Pod as part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. The best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via our Facebook group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. We still love receiving your emails at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com, even if probably none of us have checked the inbox in 2022 so far. (laughs) Uh, Listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. Next week. Next week.
0: It's a trip to the dentist. Next week, your mother-in-law is coming to stay with you. (laughs) Next week, we have to talk about fucking Matchbox 20. Bye. Uh, Bye. Yeah, we'll see
1: you then.
5: Thanks, Jerry. Jerry. Thank you, guys. Thank you. (laughs)